This episode of Excuse the Intermission is presented in partnership with the Grand Cinema. The Grand Cinema is the South Sound's nonprofit home for independent, international, and local film. The theater strives to enrich the lives and enhance the cultural vitality of the greater Tacoma community through the art of film. The Grand Cinema is dedicated to providing their signature art house movie going experience in a safe and healthy fashion. There is something for everyone at the Grand Cinema. Along with their wonderful weekly programming, they are also home to the Weird Elephant Late Night Film Series, the Silver Screen Society, Free Family Flicks, and Tacoma's Outdoor Movie Series. You can also inquire about theater rentals at the Grand Cinema by contacting their box office or website. The staff and volunteers cannot wait to make your experience at the movies a memorable one, so grab your friends, grab your tickets, and don't forget to stop at the concession stand for the Grand Signature Popcorn. The Grand Cinema is located at 606 Fawcett Avenue in Tacoma, Washington, and open seven days a week. You can find them online at www.grandcinema.com and on Instagram and Facebook at The Grand Cinema. How's it? I'm Alex McCauley. I'm Max Fosberg. And I am Grant Colby. And this is Excuse the Intermission, a discussion show surrounding our most anticipated movies of 2021. Of course, in the shitstorm that was 2020, we saw studios delay countless productions and push back release dates on the biggest films of the year in response to, the co- in, in response to COVID-19's effect on the movie industry. So before we get into what could potentially be one of the greatest years for American releases due to all of this backlogging, I want to start this discussion in a more general way. Do we really expect much to change in 2021 in regards to experiencing some of these titles that we'll be talking about? Will we be back in theaters? Or do you guys think this streaming premiere is the new norm? Max, why don't you give us your first take? Well, it's a new year. It's not 2020. So of course everything's going to be different, right? (laughs) Uh, it, I think it's, I think it's okay to feel optimistic that hopefully we will be back in theaters at some point, probably hopefully in the back half of this year. Um, however, I don't have that great of a feeling. I think, I think we are going to experience a lot of the same that we have been experiencing. Um, but I mean, right now, with everything that's on the calendar, like you said, this may be one of the greatest years in movies, just because we've got so much stuff pushed from 2020 on top of what was supposed to come out this year. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, we're all we're all experiencing it in real time. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the in the same boat. I'm I'm very fearful for what will get postponed and what we won't see because of the status of theaters and COVID and everything who, like I think Max is right. It will be on the back half. If anything happens, I think it'll also be a combination of theaters and studios like preparing for this and like doing a new theater norm to then fit in the standards. So maybe I bet, I bet theaters will push for a summer opening and in, in the parameters of what they can and can't do. So I think it's a coin flip and it's just, you know, I think there's a lot of movies we're going to talk about today that we won't get to see this year, and that kind of sucks, but we'll see. We just have to wait and see. 
Well, and let me just say this first, too. Uh, whether or not we're back in theaters, it's good just to be back podcasting with you guys because this is our first episode that we're recording in the new year. And yeah. we took a week off last uh, last Monday and kind of went through some withdrawals, didn't it, it we? It felt a lot longer than a week. It really did. <laughs> yeah. It felt like two weeks. <laughs> so we're happy to be back here uh, pumping out content for you guys. So let's get into our list. Coming up with just 10 collective titles proved to be quite difficult, so at the end of this discussion, we will be adding some honorable mentions to our list. But for now, let's get started with the films that sit atop our big boards. We have all brought the three movies that we are each most anticipating to the table, and then pre-show, we all agreed on a 10th film that the three of us cannot wait to see. So this list is being pre- is not being presented in any order. We will just bounce around, taking turns, talking about our individual nominations, so let's not confuse ourselves too much since there is no order and just move clockwise around the table. So, Max, you're up first. Uh, so the first one I'm going to talk about is a movie from uh, a documentary from Peter Jackson called The Beatles Get Back. And now your host for this evening, The Bottles. Fast, do you think? Bit fast. One, two, three, four. Jojo was a man who thought he was a loner, but he knew it could last. Jojo lived his home in Tucson, Arizona, awesome California grass. released recently released five minutes uh, of footage from this and it's it's all unseen footage from their last recording uh, of the album let it be and you know I'm, I'm a huge massive Beatles fan someone who grew up on the music um, and man just like seeing new Beatles footage like really was kind of drug inducing for me uh, it it definitely made me dive back into their music catalog right away. And something about the Beatles just makes me so comfy and just at home. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward. Plus, I'm a huge documentary head, you know, a docu head. Uh, love documentaries. I will watch this probably over and over and over again, and I, I, I really can't wait. I, I would love to see it in a theater on a big screen, um, but the beauty of documentaries is you can watch them anywhere. What is uh, the release on this film right now? Does, does it have a release date or a, or a platform that it's going to be coming out on? As of right now, it's supposed to be coming out uh, on August 27th, and it's scheduled for a theatrical release. Okay. It makes um, sense being from Peter Jackson yeah. that he would want it in theaters. And, and Peter did – a couple of years ago he did uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, which was a documentary on that he made on uh, World War One British um, soldiers. And he like colorized. Really, really beautiful film. Um, so it's it's cool that to see him like continue this experimental documentary um, – road that he's on i do think it's interesting what you said though about how it makes you feel so warm and um comfortable the beatles do because it very rarely 
can, whether it's music, another film, um, a TV show, whatever, you know, there's a nostalgia baked into the Beatles for people who weren't alive for their music, who Mm -hmm. didn't grow up in that generation. And yeah, it's palpable. And I know you've always been a big Beatles fan, so... I'm happy for you that you're getting this. I'm happy for all all the people who enjoy the Beatles to finally get some new content because I think that uh, in the past we've been oversaturated with some Beatles content. The movie Yesterday could have been really big. And right. I know some people tried to make that movie happen, but it just wasn't all that good. Uh, so hopefully this is a, a repraise for, for a lot of Beatles fans. And, and I've also heard that, like, you know, what else can be said about the Beatles, right? I mean, we have so, so much content, but, like... This is all unseen stuff, and and the five just the five minutes of footage that was released. That like, was a couple days before Christmas. Correct? Yeah, yeah, it it looks to be like very like I don't know. It just it just looked different. I felt than than anything I've I've seen before from them. So very excited. Uh, okay, Grant. The first film that you're going to talk about is um the first one I'm going to talk about is the one we know the least about. And it is also the one that will be released very late in the year in October. But it's uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, uh, written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, both starring them with Adam Driver and uh, a couple other people who know, like the guy that plays Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones, Michael McElton, um, and then a bunch of other small names. But uh, it's about King Charles VI declares that a knight must settle his duel with his squire by combat, uh, by a duel. And uh, it's written by a guy named uh, Eric Yeager, who did a book. But uh, there's that's all I know. That's all I know. Have about you it. seen the the production photos of this? No. Oh man, it looks wild. It does. Yeah, I've seen. I've <laughs> seen oh, some. Oh, stills. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. The one I have here is the only one I've seen of Adam Driver in his armor and his awesome little goatee. Who he is playing the squire to Matt Damon's uh, Jean de Caro. Um, so I mean, and then Ben Affleck's playing the, the king, king, right? Yeah. And so when you get those two together, especially them writing and then Ridley Scott back at it, I mean, this is going to be. Well, yeah, this is this the is first time good. that they've really teamed up on a project, especially since writing since Goodwill Good Hunting. Hunting. Yeah. 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 Uh, so one to look out for, for sure. Definitely. Ridley Scott, friend of the pod. Yeah. Love Ridley, man. Hey. It, the fact that he's still pumping out movies. And there'll be an honorable mention here that we talk about, too, at the end. He's making two movies, potentially, in 2021 at age 83. I mean, <laughs> what an inspiration. What are we doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, right? we, should be, we should be podcasting every day in Ridley's name. Um, so the first film that I'm going to talk about is one that was supposed to have been released last year in 2020 that has been, unfortunately, pushed back. It is Last Night in Soho, and this is uh, the new film from Edgar Wright, written by him and a woman named Christy Wilson Carnes, uh, obviously directed by Edgar Wright. Stars um, Anya Taylor Joy, um, Thomason, Harcourt McKenzie, Matt Smith, Diana Rigg, and then Terrence Stamp. As of right now, this film is set to be released on April 23rd, 2021, so hopefully we do get it here within the next uh, few months. It's the story of a young girl who's passionate about fashion design and is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But she's in 1960s London, which is not quite what it seems, and starts to fall apart with some shady consequences. So IMDb has this listed as a drama slash horror slash thriller, which I find very exciting, especially coming from Edgar Wright, who always has kind of a comedic twist. To his films, you know, this is the guy that gave us Scott Pilgrim, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, 
And then Baby Driver, which was probably his most serious film to date, but mm-hmm. still tons of jokes baked into Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure this movie will have its moments of comedic relief, but everyone is very excited because this is Edgar Wright taking a movie seriously. Uh, I found out that some of the inspirations behind this film are Don't Look Now from 1973, and then one of my favorite movies of all time, you've heard me talk about it before, but Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Mm. So when you tell me that those two movies are the inspiration, sign me up. Uh, Diana Rigg as well. I'm very excited to see her in um, uh, a film. This is going to be her last movie that she ever filmed before she passed away, and this is, of course, Olena Tyrell. Going back to kind of what you were saying in your movie, you had a Game of Thrones alum. Yeah. I found in a lot of my movies there's Game of Thrones um, alumni. And so, you know, a lot of household faces for people out there. This is one where I'm going to stay away from trailers, especially considering the genre that it touches on the horror, the horror aspect. And then something, too, that we touched on in our last episode, Anya Taylor-Joy, just killing it, one of our brightest stars. And so... Um, a lot of the movies that I'm going to talk about have actors um, that we've been talking about here recently. And so I think that when this movie comes out, it's really going to steal headlines for a couple of weeks and and uh, put some people on the map, bring Edgar Wright back into the spotlight and, you know, hopefully be taken serious. April 23rd will be kind of right after the Academy Awards. So the way that the calendar year will work for movies this year, I don't want this movie to get like lost in the shuffle and be considered like what normally would be a January release. So I really hope this movie does well. I'm, I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. Yeah, Edgar Wright, uh, anytime he comes out with anything, I mean, everyone should be excited because he is one of our one of our brightest directors out there and really has a style onto his own. So creative. Um, yeah. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of like kind of an action an action-packed Wes Anderson, right? Like, I mean, just like an auteur that has his own style. Damn, that's a good way of describing it. <laughs> He's just still trying to make Royal Tenenbaums happen. Don't yeah. listen to <laughs> But oh, you're right. I like that movie. comparison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Edgar Wright, is a, he's a blind buy every time for me. It, ever since I saw his first movie, if he was coming out with something, I'm going to the theater. I'm, I'm checking that out. I'm buying the Blu-ray. If it's already out and I've never seen it, I bought it. Another reason to stay away from the trailers, too. No, you ex- just know and, this movie's going to be quality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't need trailers. You just need to know it's Edgar Wright. And especially him branching out a little bit, that's very exciting. So, yeah. yeah. Almost made my list. Um, okay, Max, second film for you. Okay, so another... Uh, this one comes out on November 19th. This is, again, another, like, sweet spot um, for me, which... Another another film series that just again very comfortable. Like if if the Beatles documentary is like a nice joint, you know this is a nice glass of whiskey. You know that you're sitting around at home just sipping and enjoying and loving. And that is Mission Impossible Seven, because we are the gold standard. We'll be back after a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. We love Tom Cruise. He's making this movie happen one way or another. <laughs> we love 
uh, Rebecca Ferguson. We love um, Chris McCory. We love Simon Pegg. We love Vane Rames. We love uh, Vanessa Kirby, who's coming back for this film. We love everything about Mission Impossible, uh, except for the second one, because John Woo sucks. But... It has the best soundtrack of any of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's throw that out there real Limp quick. Limp doing the theme. Oh, yeah. Name, name another Mission Impossible movie that has dubs for no reason. <laughs> That's true. Um, and they gave us Thandie Newton, too. Yeah. Well, oh, Thandie was... Newton was out there. Come on. It gave her to us, though. <laughs> but, no, we love uh, Mission Impossible 7. Can't wait to see what Tom Cruise does, how he hurts himself. Um the t- the press tour is great. Again, November nineteenth. We'll see if it hap- if it happens. This one is definitely one that I think they're going to make come out on theaters. Uh, so even if it gets delayed, we probably won't see it. It will get delayed like a year, um, which is unfortunate. But if it's there, I'll be there. I love I love Mission Impossible. Now I'm excited for this one. The the past few have just been fantastic. I loved Henry Cavill as the the double agent in the in the last one, and then how you said it, just like Tom Cruise just keeps pushing it to the limit. I think he is this the one where he goes to space, uh, or is that Top Gun? I I I think he goes to space in both. Yeah, so he's <laughs> I just, think he's just living in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I admittedly uh, have kind of fallen off the train of the Mission Impossible movies. I know I need to get back on, and I'm sure I will. Um, in lieu of this movie's release, I just went back and revisited all the Bourne films, mm. and I feel like those have kind of been battling back and forth here for the better part of two decades now. Um, and I really enjoyed that rewatch, going back and seeing Matt Damon whoop some ass and Tom Cruise being, you know, say what you will about him. He's he's a fun and entertaining actor to watch on screen. So yeah, maybe maybe I'll start this weekend by uh, going back and revisiting some of the some of the MI movies that I've missed out on. Dude, it, Mission Impossible 3 with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Where is the rabbit foot? Where is the rabbit foot? He well, is he's, so, so good in that he, movie. He's the best part of that movie. And it, it, the movie itself is just quintessential J.J. Abrams of let's do things and not explain them. Absolutely. And, and so it's kind of it's kind of a weird anomaly. But it's uh, I remember one of my favorite scenes out of any of them especially the lore and the gadgetry of Mission Impossible 7, is you see it in the first one, like, you know, the face masks that mm-hmm. they can use. It's used a lot in two. And in this one, you see them making the mask. And there's this 360 camera shot of them putting the mask on Tom Cruise. And then how it cuts to Tom Cruise with this silicone mask on to Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's flawless. And it looks fantastic. Dude. And again, Philip, he's just like... I'm, you know, he's just like he he's so disappointed in Tom in this interrogation scene yeah. with Tom Cruise, and he's just like, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you and everyone you love, and it's just <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is just one of my favorites of all time, and and Mission Impossible Three is is one that like everyone needs to watch for Philip Seymour. He's a fantastic villain. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to going back and revisiting that and then hopefully uh, catching up and seeing Seven in theaters. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with you. All right. What do you got, Grant? All right. Kind of in suit with Max. This is a part of a series, uh, one that I've talked about some earlier ones before, and this one I'm really excited for. This is uh, Godzilla versus Kong. 
the fourth installment in this monster universe. You got Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of Monsters. Now this one's going to pit the two against each other. Um, if you've seen Kong Skull Island, Kong's supposed to be a teenager then, so he is going to be like fucking massive in, in this one. But you get Millie Bobby Brown coming back from uh, King of Monsters with Kyle Chandler, who played her dad. Um, Jessica Henwick, who's a, a young actress, didn't quite make our, our list, but she's a really good martial artist. So I think she's going to bring some cool action to it. Damien Bicher and Alexander Skarsgård. Those are the only real big names. But this is the thing I'm most excited for. It's directed by Adam Wingard who did the two VHS movies, did a Blair Witch one recently, um, and then uh, an anime adaptation called uh, Death Note. So I think he's going to bring some horror back to the monster franchise, which I think will be really cool and like making them scary rather than just like the the spectacle. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm just excited for this monster movies on the big screen. I'm, I hope this is one that waits and you don't, it doesn't go straight to streaming. But it is on the HBO Max right, list. Yeah, right so, now so, it's on. Yeah, yeah, so I hope things change and we get a chance to see it on the big screen. But this is one I'm so excited for. I don't know if I can wait. But I hope that they they tone down the human side of things and they just give us monsters on a big screen. And they've they've slowly learned as they make these movies. Like Godzilla in the first one's only on screen for like 14 minutes total. And then every movie, like King of Monsters, is a lot of random, unnecessary monster fights, which is like, yeah, give us more of that. We don't care about this human interaction. I don't care yeah. what Millie Bobby Brad, what, you know, Eleven's doing out here. But, <laughs> g- you know, give give me Godzilla breathing down fire down the mouth of, you know, one of these Mutos. Yeah. Um, and then also with the cliffhanger from uh, uh, King of Monsters with Tywin Lannister getting the head of G- uh, Ghidorah, probably going to make one of the mech monsters so i think we're kind of getting back into the old old school godzilla style and i'm i can't wait i think it's gonna be awesome i'm i mean kong skull island is a total guilty pleasure for me uh grant you've been hyping it for our first like (laughs) 20 something episodes and yeah i've gone back and it's just kind of become like a odd uh um, like comfort movie for me that I can just put on and fall asleep. It doesn't matter how far into it I get, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I am excited to see Kong be maybe fully grown. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see how he compares to the stature, the size of Godzilla. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as well. And we'll be there with you in the theaters yeah. too. If, if we can go see this one, cause I think this is definitely deserving of a theatrical release. Absolutely. Hopefully IMAX. I mean, Ooh, yeah. If, oh yeah, absolutely. If, I was able to choose. Um, Okay, so the next film that I will talk about is The Green Knight, another film that was supposed to be released back in 2020, but has now been pushed to 2021. It's written and directed by David Lowry, and this guy is quite quite the auteur in the making here. He's he's, kind of traveled on an interesting road to get to where he's been now, a real one-for-you, one-for-me kind of director, where he's done things like Pete's Dragon for Disney, but then he's also done A Ghost Story. And things like The Old Man and the Gun, which are just real indie indie darling of a films. Um, so this stars Dev Patel, who we just talked about on our uh, past episode. Alicia Vikander, who almost almost made our list. Uh, she's 32 years old. But then Joel Edgerton, Sean Harris, Kate Dickey, another uh, Game of Thrones alumni. And then also Ralph Ensign, another Game of Thrones alumni. The two of them were the mother and father in The Witch. Uh, so this movie is expected to be released on July 30th of this year. It's a fantasy retelling of the headstrong nephew of King Arthur who embarks on a daring quest to confront 
the eponymous Green Knight. And so this uh, movie right now falls under the drama, fantasy, horror genres on IMDb. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's an A24 production. So going back to yeah, going back to kind of what we were saying with Edgar Wright. If it's A24, it's it's a blind buy. It's it's a no trailers needed. It's you know sign me up. I'll be there for it. So I'm really excited. The stills, and there have actually been a few teaser trailers released because this film was supposed to come out last year. They just look phenomenal. The costumes look great. Um, I'm really excited for a new sort of medieval tale. We haven't really gotten a good adult costume drama set in that time with some dark elements for a while now. Uh, I think that, you know, Game of Thrones for the better part of a decade just kind of had the corner on that. Right. And no one really wanted to make a movie and be compared to GOT, whether it would be, you know, viewed positively or negatively. But now enough time has passed. We're back in business. I'm really excited. It's shot by the same guy who uh, did the first VHS movie, going back to your Wingard connection mm-hmm. there. Um, and so I'm really excited for, for the cinematography behind this movie. Uh, and yeah, there's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a good, scary movie in the middle. Hopefully intense, maybe not scary, but kind of like all other A24 horror films, a good, intense movie in the middle of summer. And I think that if it's not going to come out, if a scary movie is not going to come out like the weekend of Halloween, then put it in summer because there's nothing more fun than going to see, hopefully, a movie like this, which only has a theatrical release. This has no plans to go to a streaming service, but to go out and see a scary movie at like, you know, you go to the 10 o'clock showing when it's just gotten dark and then you're out at one o'clock in the morning, you know, walking out feeling, feeling like you just experienced something. So I'm really looking forward to this movie. I, Dev Patel is excellent. Uh, the setting is excellent. A24, feed me. I love it. Yeah. The trailer for this is fantastic. They released a teaser uh, a while, while ago, ago, a long yeah. time ago, and I've been hyped on it ever since. It, it looks great. Yeah. Uh, my next movie that kind of would be a great double feature with The Green Knight uh, is The Northman by Robert Eggers. Uh, this is a Viking revenge saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. The cast... Anna Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe. You got Ralph Einson and Kate Dickey from The Witch. Um, and from The Green Knight, yeah. And The Green Knight, yeah. You got Bjork, <laughs> the Icelandic pop singer, uh, making, a, making an appearance. You've got, just looking at some of these pictures of guys, you've, you've got some of the most, like, Viking-looking motherfuckers I've ever seen. Uh, and it's Robert Eggers. I mean, you got The Witch, you've got The Lighthouse, now you've got The Northman. I am super jacked about this. It has no release date yet, no official release date. It says, it says coming soon, or coming in 2021. It's in post-production right now. Um, but this just is going to be... It's just going to be excellent, I think. I assume it's A24. Is it A24? Do we know yet? Uh... I'm guessing it's A24. I, I don't. I don't have any. Okay. I don't have it right here in front of me. But um, with everything you just said, we don't need it, though. It, it, yeah. Know, yeah. Go, I'll go see this. If my Eggers, neighbor produced it. Yeah. <laughs> Lighthouse and Witch were A24, right? Yeah. I'm guessing this is A24 because also this is going to be kind of, and I, I think all three of these movies now are going to be a bit of a like a loose trilogy, you know, kind of like Edgar Wright, the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. 
I think the these three will work together as well. Kind of all happening in the same world. Yeah. Even though they're different time time periods, but they're all period pieces. Yeah. yeah. But but give me give me a violent Viking revenge story by Eggers. Let's go. Well, and I love to just going back to the cast there. You have a lot of obviously uh Kate Dickey and Ralph Einson, they've worked countless times together, GOT the light or not the lighthouse, but the witch mm-hmm. now green Knight, And then your film, but then also uh, the chemistry, even though it was a very toxic chemistry that Skarsgård and Kidman had on um, big little lies, mm-hmm. the HBO series, they, I think kill it together. So I'm not sure exactly what their relationship will be in this film, but I'm very excited to see them on screen uh, together again. And then, yeah, just going back to our girl, Anya, She's she's killing it this year. And he has uh, Willem yeah. Dafoe. And Willem Dafoe, yeah. Humir the Fool. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Count me in. Sign me up. <laughs> Hopefully Bobby Pats makes a little cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Washes up with a mermaid doll. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm another one that I will be there if we can see that in the theaters day one. You and I saw the lighthouse together day Absolutely. one, and that was an experience I'll never forget. So yeah, let's go. Yeah. Your next film, Grant. All right. Mine is my most anticipated movie. I've talked about it several times on the podcast. You guys are, is it, it a movie? It, 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 it will be. <laughs> it is now, I guess, technically, yes, it is a miniseries. But if you follow me on Twitter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut. And um, associate, or associate producer a, of. Associate producer on there? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean... The breadcrumbs that Zach just keeps giving us on online, just the movie just keeps looking cooler and cooler. He just came out and said that even while he was filming the original cut, the like before he stepped down in post-production, the studio was like, hey, we know you're doing what you want to do, but you got to sprinkle in some like colorful light moments. Like you need to put in like a couple jokes in here. They can't just be this dark Zack Snyder movie. He's like, yeah, okay. While he was doing that, he was secretly filming scenes. Like he filled that request, then filmed scenes for, because he knew he was going to do a director's cut like he always does. So he's like, all right, I'll cut those out and I'll do these scenes. So it's kind of paid off that he was like, I was always going to do my version. And then now because of that, he gets to do more and give us like the ultimate cut of this story. He just released a new image of Steppenwolf and Darkseid, and they just look f- so fucking good. It just this movie. I'm just you, I've talked about it too much. I don't need to go more into it. But I I'm just really excited because I think, like I've said before, I think this is a snowball event, especially with uh you know the streaming world that i think we're going to see a lot more directors cut and hopefully a lot more creative power go to the directors and having studios step down dc it doesn't look too hopeful with the president of dc films walter hamada just signed a new deal and he was kind of a reason why the whole universe is so convoluted so i feel like this is like zach's just like final i'm gonna try and do as much as i can because i won't be able to do a sequel kevin smith there was a comment made where someone said and WB that Zach's is a cul-de-sac. Like this isn't canon. It's not going to connect to anything else. It's just here you go, fans. Shut up and let us do our thing and move on. Kevin Smith, the Kevin Smith, said, "This is not a cul-de-sac. I've seen the ending, and this will like this very much is a setup. So who knows what the future holds? But the more little bits we get, we haven't even gotten us like a full is trailer. Is Michael yet. Keaton going to be in this film? I hope not." <laughs> 
<laughs> he will be in the Flash, and that will be cool. There's rumors that, and he, then he's the new Batman. That, that that it's a rumor that has been confirmed, and then other people have been like, "That's not true at all." But the rumor that stands right now is that the Robert Pattinson Batman universe and the DCE universe will be Michael Keaton will be Batman, and he'll be like training Batgirl and like be like just the computer guy. And it's just going to be like, uh, please, no. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but I do want, after all the hype and all the discussion, all the discourse, I do want the Snyder Cut to be good at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be something that has just been talked about for so long and that kind of like with Wonder Woman almost. where And now we all know Wonder Woman had its flaws and deserved As, to yeah. be uh, you know, picked apart. Huge I, problems. Yeah, huge problems. <laughs> <laughs> if, if this movie has a few uh, little hiccups here and there, let's not tear it apart just for the sake of shitting on something. You know, if it gives us what you're hoping it does, which is a dark look, a much more realistic... Um, There's a continuation of Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and then now the true sequel to that, the continuing that kind of narrative. Sure. Um, I will say... As much of a fanboy as I am about it, I will be critical of it. Just because yeah, I think you the, the, you the, des- stake, the stakes are so high because yeah, you deserve to be. If if the response is overwhelmingly positive, WB is a fool not to continue and give Zach more. You know, he's got his hands full with this new universe he's creating and Netflix. When we get to honorable mentions, we'll talk about that again. But I mean, if this tanks, then. It, it almost deserves to. Well, there's there's no real way to even know how well it's going to do, right? It's going to be on a streaming service. For, right. What's our really what's the release date for this right uh, now? Right now it's it, loose March 25th. Okay. They haven't specifically said anything, but there's been multiple people that I trust in in the conversation mm-hmm. that have said March 25th. So, the campaign the marketing campaign does begin February 1st. So, that's when we're going to start seeing TV, more TV spots, you know, more ads on HBO, more trailers and, and whatnot. Oh, but, it'll be everywhere. Yeah. The the other really interesting thing about this particular project is that it is a director's cut of a movie that is now getting, tele, you know, put on, on a TV streaming service as a mini, as a four-part miniseries. And that... You know, based on on what we're what we're all experiencing right now with this pandemic, is that something of of of, of a future that we're going to see, where like instead of a two and a half, you know, instead of Robert Eggers doing a two and a half hour movie about a Viking, uh, you know, about Vikings, he does a miniseries where he can go six hours. Or if a director like we just talked about Ridley for a second, but uh, somebody who's notorious for cutting and reshooting and, mm-hmm. and going back into the lab and tinkering with things. If a studio won't let him make a four hour cut of Blade Runner or Alien or Kingdom King of Heaven, Heaven yeah. will he just say, okay, HBO Max or whoever. Netflix, Apple. Yeah. Tarantino did it with uh, Hateful Eight, Eight, you yeah. know, and he said he wants to do it. He can do it with Django. He could almost do a six episode ultimate, you know, edit of that. And in my opinion, which I would watch the shit oh, out of a hundred percent. Um, in my opinion, the Hateful Eight worked better as that four episode hour and ten minute. Long. You know how many more Leo memes we would get with a six hour Django? Cut? <laughs> <laughs> Be fantastic. But no, Max, I think that's a, a a very valid point that a lot of these cuts may you know steer that way. Um, even though Zach is pushing for a theatrical release, just like every everything else that's on the WB slate for streaming and and releases, but. Um, 
I mean, and, and it's also this movie, this cut almost deserves to be seen in the theater in IMAX because he's even releasing it in like the original format of IMAX, which is almost that four, three ratio where you get more vertically than you do horizontal. So you're not cutting off. Um, and, and, but they are releasing it like week to week, right? That, like an that was, the, that is what he originally said. And he's been fighting for like, it would be week by week. And then you can watch it as one continuation. I think he's very much pushing for just release it, just get the whole thing out there. Um, I think the studio for subscription purposes are probably going to do it. Well, that would be interesting too, because HBO doesn't do that, right? They're like one of the only streamers that does a week to week. Yeah. Episodical releases. Them and Disney plus. There's, there's been a couple miniseries or like a documentary, like two parter that they'll give you the whole thing. But yeah, they're, they're still one of the few that do the week by week. Well, and honestly, um, in his, in his, uh, defense and kind of something that he can now bring to the table, whether it's to the HBO max guys or the Warner brothers people, uh, as much as the, um, critics didn't like wonder woman, 1984, it had some pretty good commercial success and it's still oh, doing well, especially, um, worldwide at the box office. So you can say, you know, my movie's going to be better. It's going to make you guys more money, which ultimately theaters need right now. Uh, so we could see we could see a very very interesting release it, with if, this film. If you're going off of the pre-success of Wonder Woman eighty four to then green light a Wonder Woman three, it's no a no brainer for the for the Snyder cut to give him more the success it's already given them the hype the you know press it's already given them. I don't. I don't know why they wouldn't just start giving him control again. But when did Justice League come out? 2017. Insane. Yeah. Four year odyssey. Yeah. To get to it's this been point. a long journey, man. I hope it comes out in March. And we will never say the word Snyder Cut or HBO Max again oh on this my podcast. God, please. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, that'll that'll dominate conversation here for for quite a few months going forward. So once that comes out, we will bring back our guy Heath. We will do a whole Absolutely. we will do a whole episode on the Snyder Cut once we can all see it in its entirety. It is my mission to sneak in the Snyder Cut into every single episode. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so the last film that I will talk about here is uh, one that I'm very much looking forward to: Judas and the Black Messiah. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Shaka King. It's directed by Shaka King uh, from a story that was um, penned by Keith and Kenneth Lucas. Stars Daniel Kaluuya and Keith Stanfield, who we both just talked about. They were in our top tens of uh, promising young stars under the age of 31. So here we go. It's their reunion. Obviously, um, people saw them for the first time, basically, in Get, Get Out. Out. Yeah. Um, also stars uh, Jesse Plemons and Martin Sheen in supporting roles. So this movie... Uh, is about to go to HBO Max on <laughs> February 12th. So we're going to get this in just a couple of weeks. Um, so the brief premise is offered a plea deal by the FBI. William O'Neill, who's played by the Lakeith character, infiltrates the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on the chairman, Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya. 
So this is a historic historical biopic. Um, it's it's going to be a huge awards contender for this year, which is a really interesting new way of thinking just for the year 2021, where we're talking about a movie that we're anticipating that's going to contend at the 2020 Academy Awards based on the um, release parameters that the Oscars have set forth for this year. So that's just really cool because this would have been a smaller film that we probably would have gotten at the Grand Cinema, maybe uh, a couple theaters up in Seattle, and then would have grown into a, a wider release. But now a lot of people are going to be able to see this movie the day of its release. I think that the star power behind it will give it its proper place in the film discourse for a while. And especially um, considering the elements, the thematic elements in the film, I think that kind of the Black Panther um, side, side story of Trial of the Chicago 7 was maybe that movie's strongest part and we even said on our review of that episode that we felt like a big fred hampton movie was to come that this story needed to be fleshed out into its uh, own theatrical story so here we are we're getting that and then yeah like i said this is the reunion of uh, two of our best young stars going back to get out which was obviously a huge success and I just think it's it's wild that, you know, the Academy Awards hopefully can go off as planned, which I believe right now is for April. April, yeah. Yeah, April 25th or something like that. And so the fact that a movie being released in February, which going back to what I said um, about one night or last night in Soho, usually January, February, and March are kind of like the wasteland for releases. But this year, we're going to be getting so much good content coming out so that it's fresh in viewers' and voters' minds for the Academy Awards. So I, I couldn't be anticipating this film more. Yeah, I, I'm super excited for this. The fact, again, it's a, it, it's the silver lining of, the, of these movies getting released on streaming. Like, this is going to be at your fingertips in a couple of weeks. And, and, that, and you're going to be able to watch it as much as you want. And that's really, really exciting. The last two movies I saw in the theater, Tenet and Birds of Prey, so even going back to last February, so when I first saw a trailer for this, and I was immediately excited. As soon as I saw Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel, I was just like, sign me up. And then when we saw Trial of the Chicago 7 and Fred Hampton got introduced, I was like, okay, this is going to be really good. Yeah. So, I, very I think, excited. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a big, 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 big release and hopefully contend for a lot of Academy Awards. Okay, so that's nine films. We've each talked about three. Mm-hmm. The movie, which you probably could have guessed, that we are all collective, or that we've all collectively come together. It's a Snyder Cut again. <laughs> no, it's uh, Denny Villeneuve's much-anticipated Dune. And yeah. now Dune was supposed to have been a Christmas release, yeah. I believe, back in 2020. It has now been pushed back. Way back when. Yeah, way back when. Wow. Um, it has now uh, been pushed to October 1st of 2001. So hopefully that date stands. 2021. 2021, excuse me, yes. Uh, October 1st, of 2021. And it's so the first film that has gone back on Warner Brothers and HBO Max's announcement of a simultaneous release. This, as of right now, will be just a theatrical release on October 1st, if that date holds true. Uh, we've talked about this movie a little bit. Obviously, it stars Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, other people who we just talked about on our past episode. Uh, what do you guys want to say about this movie? I can't wait for this movie. And it's not just because of the big sandworms. <laughs> I can't wait. A, a huge sci-fi spectacle by Denny Villeneuve 
Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Javier Bardem, uh, Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaac. Like, sign me up. Like, I'm I'm all in for anything Denny Villeneuve, but especially something this giant with that kind of cast. Rebecca Ferguson, also from Mission That's Impossible. That's right, yeah. I was excited for this movie, and then the trailer came out, and my mind exploded. <laughs> I, I, I am so excited for this, and it's a, a nice little, like I've mentioned before, um, on the David draft, when I drafted Dune, a nice little like special connection we have here in Tacoma is the book written by Frank Herbert, a Tacoma native. Um, the... Uh, I'm I'm super, I can't wait for it. We named a beer at the brewery I work for. We did a collaboration. We called it the Great Maker, and so I was like, uh, you know, th- this is just going to be. This is a huge spectacle. I'm glad they pushed it back. I'm glad that they took it away from streaming. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to wait to see this in theater because I don't want to be taking spice at home. I want to take it on the big screen. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think this is going to be a huge uh, franchise. I think this is going to spark some sequels that we've obviously like. It, and a nice thing is be original. There is no sequel to Doom. There is no anything after it. It was just the one book, the one movie. And so if this gets the success that they're hoping for, it'll be really cool to kind of get reintroduced to this world and then just see a lot more of it. Um, or if it's a one-off, I hope it's still just an instant classic like it looks like it's going to be. Well, I think, too, that uh, you see this happen a lot when big adaptations like this come out decades after it's the original source material. I guarantee you that in a couple of months when the uh, hype for this film really starts building, especially like over the summer heading into the fall of mm-hmm. 2021 – It'll be impossible to find Dune on the shelves at a bookstore. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone's going to be trying to catch up it's, and prepare for this movie. They've already done like a republication Have on, they? on shelves where it's like in the font of this. Of, oh, of like, you know, yeah. the, the aesthetic on the cover is all this, oh, you know, version. Interesting. This but is, it is, they you prepared. know, the original. Yeah. And um, they've even starting to do some, you know, viral marketing where there's. Uh, comics and other books that are like prequels or anything. So they're already starting to build on this world and get you set up. Um, yeah. The, the, I can't get over the visuals of this of this trailer. No, this will be one that all three of us probably go see together, yes. and then and then absolutely do, do a review, review oh. episode on. Yeah, seeing the movie together in the theaters. <laughs> Can you believe it? I hope. Please. You know, maybe actually, we you know we we were still we we're still saddened by the fact that we couldn't get everybody together for the theater screening that we planned to do at the end of last year. Um, so maybe if there's some sort of theater rental situation, this could be a fun one where we get some of, you know, our most hardcore and, and down listeners who mm-hmm. feel safe going into a theater, depending on what occupancy is. And, and we all kind of watch this together as an event. I think that'd be really fun. That'd yeah. be awesome. With the current mandate, it's going to be a little bit because I think theaters are a part of the new phase two. So I'm guessing like hopefully by spring we could maybe get like 25% capacity or that same situation where we can rent one for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be great. Um, Okay. So that, that concludes our 10 that we're looking forward to the most in this year of 2021. (laughs) Uh, But so now let's get some honorable mentions out there. I don't know how many you guys brought to the table, but let's just kind of go around and spend, you know, a minute or two talking about other projects that we're really looking forward to this year. I I brought a list of honorable mentions. Should I go through all of them or are we just going to do one at a time? Uh, just why don't you go through your list? We'll kind of talk about them as you go down. Then Grant can go through his yeah, list. I, I have like three or four. So yeah, I only I'm, have two. Mine may fall into yeah. your, your lineup. I've got six. Right, so, go for it. Uh, Cherry, uh, which is coming out at 
it's an Apple TV uh, original. So it's coming out on Apple TV, I believe, at the end of this month or the beginning of February. It's a Russo brothers uh, who did all the big Marvel movies. Tom Holland. It's my favorite book I read in 2020. Um, it's it's going to be a very serious drama. Tom Holland could be up for some awards if it you know if the material's right. And I loved him in Devil All the Time when he actually did a serious acting role. So I'm very excited to see this. It's about a soldier, ex-soldier who comes back from war and is like dealing with addiction. And, gets hooked on opioids, right? Yeah, gets yeah. hooked on drugs and then starts robbing people. And I, I just, I, I love that kind of shit. It's going to be, I think it's going to be really When you love good. when um, an actor who's been such a darling for so long, all of a sudden, you know. Shaves comes, his head and yeah, like does heroin. Goes, goes dark. <laughs> goes real dark. <laughs> um Next one I've got is The Wrath of Man, which is a new Guy Ritchie film uh, set for 2021. And now Guy Ritchie pulled me back in with The Gentleman. I thought that was an excellent film last year. Um, And this has got Jason Statham is coming back to work with him for the first time since Snatch. Um, Jeffrey Donovan, Scott Eastwood, and the return of a friend of the pod, our very own Josh Hartnett. Ah, let's go. So in a Guy Ritchie film, like let's, uh, if it's, as long as it's like a, it's supposed to be some sort of like crime movie. I'm in fast talking, good action, quick cutting. Um, count me in for that. Uh, the little things, which is a, as, as I think, I think everyone knows on the internet, garbage crime, uh, movie. Uh, Denzel is a cop. He's, hunting a serial killer that could be or might not be Jared Leto two great actors gritty crime movie count me in for that there's someone else really big in that film too um let's see it's Jared Leto and also oh Rami Malek yeah he's a detective as well oh right? yeah, yeah 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 so yeah I love that and that's coming out at the end of the end of this month yeah on HBO Max. On the 29th. On the 29th. So we're talking about doing kind of our, we might do a, an episode around that, a review, and then kind of our top five awesomely garbage. bad garbage, you know, Crimey. just crime yeah. movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, no Time to Die, James Bond movie. It's been delayed multiple times. The first movie they really took a, a bullet for, for mm-hmm. theaters. Yep. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic. It's Daniel Craig's last time at Bond. Um, Rami Malek is the bad guy. Ana de Armas is in it. Very exciting. You know, Carrie Fukunaga is behind the camera, which who we love. So still very, very excited to see that movie. I just hope it someday it comes out. Um, this one. I just want to hear the weekend song for that movie. I know Billie <laughs> Eilish does the theme, but the weekend has a song on that soundtrack. I want to fucking hear it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is probably going to be. This one's a little bit more trashy, a little bit more low level. Wrong turn. Um, the it's a reimagining of the two thousand three horror. Are you classic, kidding me? I don't know. Which about was this. very very important to my adolescence. Um, it's the original writer from that movie coming back and doing, and they're just like rebooting. And first off, there are six wrong turns <laughs> <laughs> like it, movies like you you keep taking the wrong turn 
But uh, <laughs> you're on a NASCAR track, <laughs> going left, going left, I'm, going left. I'm super excited for you know some some B horror camp trash uh, that's probably going to be super brutal. Mutant uh, hillbillies, yeah, oh, let's go. Does, yeah. does GPS exist in these I, movies? I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope so. To get around that. Or, <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then another horror movie, The Conjuring Three. Uh, which again is supposed to be slated on HBO Max uh, at some point this year, um, but you know Patrick Wilson, Vera, and Vera are back as the Warners. I love those movies, uh, and this is going to be. I think this is like the, the sixth. In this the, the in sixth the Conjuring in world. the Conjuring world, the third Conjuring movie, uh, and it's the first time. It's based on a case where the it was the first time in history where a murderer used I was possessed by a demon as a defense. So it's gonna be it's gonna be one part conjuring like haunted house movie or possession movie, one part uh courtroom drama. Awesome. Which awesome. love love me some courtroom. That's my list. Alright, I only have three. Uh first one is uh one I, I just saw the trailer for last week and I'm really excited for this. Uh Bob Odenkirk, who was Saul Goodman in the Breaking Bad series, is going to be in this movie called Nobody, where, uh, it, just preface, this is written by the guy that wrote the three John Wick movies. So it's Saul Goodman, who is just kicking ass. He Our had, new Liam Neeson. Yeah, right. He's, so, like, this middle-aged, out-of-shape dude is helps this woman that's being mugged and then is becomes the target of this drug lord and you find out that he is actually like this retired world class assassin and has his it's like his house is just like decked out with hidden guns and shit and the the choreog the fight choreography in the trailer like Bob Odenkirk shows up and he, he does some cool shit um uh, it's the it's directed by this guy named Ilya Nashuler who's basically only done Hardcore Henry which was that first person uh, action movie with the was it Charlie Copley was Yes, Henry, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or he was the he support. Was, he was the support. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you got Bob Odenkirk, uh, Connie Nielsen, who's the queen from Gladiator and Wonder Woman, um, Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown coming back. Okay. He hasn't been in a movie in a while. Long time. Uh, a couple other people, and then Riza from Wu Tang Clan. So he's got a, got a got a pretty good cast. I'm I, I smell garbage crime. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. Uh, so excited for that one. Um, the other one is we talked a little bit about on one of our emergency episodes, one that will be uh, straight to HBO Max uh, when it gets released in April. But that's the new Mortal Kombat. Um, this movie is just decked with some of the coolest martial art actors in the game right now. This movie is just going to be balls to the wall. Where's the trailer? I want to see a trailer for this. They just released, like, the logo. Like, so they're just getting that out there. And it comes out in two months. So I, I assume, oh, wow. I assume so a campaign's so. going to be coming out. But uh, uh, James Wan producing. So, you know, we know he can do action because that was, like, the only really great part of Aquaman other than the visuals was the action choreography. Um, so, yeah, excited for that one. If you're a martial art kung fu fan, you're going you're gonna to love it. I can already tell it's going to be great. And also, if you ever played the game, it's 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 fun. Well, saying that they just released kind of the logo, that is very important to the Mortal Kombat franchise. Is how you show that dragon serpent kind of emblem. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I'm excited for is uh, I briefly mentioned before uh, Zack Snyder's Netflix um, pseudo sequel to Dawn of the Dead called Army of the Dead. It's a Las Vegas heist movie during a zombie apocalypse. 
supposedly takes place in the same universe of his um, Dawn of the Dead movie. But Dave Bautista is the main guy. Um, a bunch of other actors you'll recognize, like Theo Rossi from uh, Sons of Anarchy. You got uh, Hiroki Sonata, who is one of the most recognizable like samurai actors that are out there. Garrett Dillahunt, Ana de la Regria, um, a bunch of other people. But written by him, he did this movie before he was finished filming it. They greenlit a prequel movie, a sequel animated series, and a sequel movie to it. So he's creating this zombie universe for Netflix. Um, and it's just, you know, I'm a Zack Snyder guy, especially when he does senseless action, like getting back to rather than let me tell a story, let's just do some cool like action shots. The stills that he's put out for this just looks absolutely crazy. Um, he's putting in his own like creating his universe. He's putting in some of his own Easter eggs. There's a shot he just released or I kid you not. He has them breaking into a vault and you see these stacks of money. And then on the shelf are the four film canisters of the Snyder cut. <laughs> so he's, oh Lord. Yeah. So he's just doing like little fun little tidbits. But uh, if you're a zombie it's fan, it's never if going you, to end. Never. I'm going to talk about it forever. Um, but if you're, if you're a fan of new age zombie movies, Zack Snyder does it right. And I'm, I'm excited for this one cause it'll be entertaining and it's Netflix. So, you know, Netflix. I think this will be a good one that I'm excited is straight to streaming Plus, at your fingertips. Right yeah. Away. Just ready to go. Dave Batista. Yeah, exactly. Feed it's me more Dave. Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh, okay. Well, I'm happy that the two, the, the only two that I had on my list, you guys didn't touch on because I'm very excited for deep water, which is the Adrian line. Uh, kind of adult erotic, erotic thriller, thriller yeah, yeah, starring Ben Affleck and Anna Diarmas. And if you don't know, these two uh, started dating on this on this uh, set and supposedly have found love and they've been spending all of quarantine together. Um, A lot of Dunkin' Donuts. Getting Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> coffee, yeah, just living their best life. Give me um, more Ben memes. Give me more Affleck memes. Totally. Um, but so if you don't know, Adrian Lyne has directed movies like Nine and a Half Weeks, Fatal Attraction, Jacob's Ladder, Indecent Proposal, and then most recently, yes, most recently, Unfaithful, back in 2002. So this guy's taken nearly two decades off from making That's movies wild. and is going to come back with this um, I'm, I'm really excited. The basic premise is just a well-to-do husband played by Aflac is allowing his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce. But then he becomes a prime suspect once one of her lovers disappears. So sign me up. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had a good adult thriller. And this is coming from one of the masters of that subgenre. So I'm very excited for that. And then the other film, we kind of touched on it earlier. Ridley's making two movies this year. The second one being Gucci. Uh, and no, it's not about uh, some SoundCloud rapper. It is, <laughs> it is about um, the ex-wife of the famed Gucci designer and uh, her plot to kill her husband and then the grand and the grandson of renowned fashion designer. Um, uh, Gigano Gucci. So this stars Lady Gaga, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino's rumored, Adam Driver's rumored, and I don't know if that's just because Driver's working on him as well with The Last Duel. But uh, I love when um, Ridley takes on a period piece, and this is much different from anything that we've seen 
with him where normally it's like medieval times or with the last duel um more more scholarly um or renaissance or yeah. renaissance period types so this is going to be we'll see you know how the fashion is obviously it's going to need to be top notch whoever his costume designer is for this movie um and this movie might not get released in 2021 because it's contingent on the last duel wrapping production and then this is his next project so we'll see i'm hopeful Going back to our uh, 2001 movie draft, the last time really pumped out two movies in the same year, it was Black Hawk Down. It was 2001 with Black Hawk Down and Hannibal. And so a return to form for him in some ways. And once again, at 183 years old. <laughs> um, no, but at, at 83, it's it's phenomenal what this guy can still do. I really hope that one of these gets him... Um, a nomination in the upcoming Oscar. If not, you know, it won't be for this year, but it'll be for the 2021 Oscars next year because get this guy a golden statue for crying out loud. Dude, looking at Ridley Scott's filmography, the guy is so versatile. He does so many different types of films. It's wild. It's wild to go back. He is one of our masters. And his influence in the world of Hollywood, the way that he can, um, you know, almost he's he's one of the last guys, he and maybe Nolan, a few other people who can really control a studio and not the other way around where the studios control them. Uh, and so I'm really excited to see what he does in this upcoming year. Hopefully we get to see two of the films. Uh, okay. So, yes, let's hope. That if we don't get a majority of these films, we get all of them in theaters in this uh, upcoming year. Um, and whether or not that comes true, hopefully they still get released and are in our homes. But regardless, we will be here writing it out with you guys and pumping out new episodes, including next week's, where we will be bringing on our Chatter Network brethren, Van Berryman, the host of Redux, a podcast about music, to talk about our favorite movie soundtracks of all time. We look forward to having him join us and, of course, go out and check his, check his show out in the meantime. It's a really fun listen. You can find a link to his page on the newly redesigned Chatter Network website. So shout out to all those who are working hard to make that happen. Of course, thank you to my co-hosts, Max and Grant, and most importantly, you, the listener. Each week, we are seeing our downloads grow exponentially. So keep doing what you're doing. Share, comment, and let's keep this energy going all year long as these movies are going to try to do. Uh, so until next time, we will see you at the movies. Stay swell and give them hell. Drink movies and watch beer. Beer.